podcast. This is episode number 211. I'm Greg. I'll host the episode What today. famous 211s are there in the world? I don't know. Didn't we start when we had when we were in the yeah. single digit with the double digits? We were saying that. We were, Ooh, who's number 99? Who's the most famous 99? Is that Gretzky? Yeah. Is Gretzky yeah. 99? Yeah. Ooh. You see what I just did there? Look at that. I just connected with all the Canadians right there. <laughs> and now you just Oh, and now it. by mentioning it, I ruined it. Yeah. We could take the first two numbers of the 211 and say 21, and I would go with Dominique Wilkins. Oh, see? Neek. Love it. Beauty. That voice is Paul Siemens. Sorry, He's our new teaching associate. How did uh, you get to 21? Why are you? I'm interested. Oh, yeah, I, got, I got you. I got you. 211. It's just the first two numbers. Oh, I got you. 21. Sorry. 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 Yeah, Jeff. well, I was introducing him, and, anyway. and now. Paul, it's good to have you here. Thank you Thank for you. coming it's, along. It is great to be here. Uh, yes, I am the new teaching associate. Official start date of July 16th. Where are you from? I am from Abbotsford. Nice. But the last three years I've lived in Orlando going to seminary. Hey. Andrew Gulovich <laughs> is another person who is going to be joining the podcast from time to time. And Andrew just entered the room late because he's 21. And I was praying. Are you 21 years old? I was once. Okay. <laughs> so, Paul, continue yeah. on with... Sure. So for the last three years, I did a Master of Divinity degree down in Orlando at Reformed Theological Seminary, and now I am excited to be here to be a part of Northview and to serve the people. And you have a beard. I do. Is that because you went to Reformed Theological Seminary? (laughs) (laughs) It's a pre-rad graduation requirement. uh, Yes, it was a graduation requirement. How many people did you graduate with who did not have a beard? Most didn't. Really? Yeah, I would Ooh. say. Most didn't. A little culture shift there among the uh, the young, restless reform movement, I think. Yeah, there was, um, I don't know, there, well, in the MDiv portion of the graduating class, there was 14 of us. There was probably four of us that had beards. Oh. So and mine's you, quite new. I just grew are you in a, December. You're, you're not a bearded guy. I don't remember you being bearded right. for a long, long time in your life. That's correct. How long have you yeah. known Paul? <laughs> Well, no, I've known you for about five years, haven't I? Yep. Five or six years, something oh, like yeah. that. And do you like the beard? I like the beard. I'm going to I enjoy you. I it. It's, uh, I do. I, I, I have always liked the beard, and it was Carla's discretion that made me shave it off in the past. Who is your oh. wife? Yes, Carla's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Just some Carla. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I thought when I grew it in, I actually started growing it in October. We went on a road trip when we were... Down there, went road trip through the southeast, grew it, and didn't think she'd like it. And uh, then I shaved it off in January, and she was like, so uh, where'd the beard go? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I didn't think you'd like it. Well, I kinda, it kind of grew on me. Wow. Like, oh, oh, oh it didn't grow it grew on, on me. I love that. Yeah, I see what that happened there. Jeez. So that kind of quick wit. So it came did. back. That right there is going to be that's going to be podcast gold. That's right. <laughs> that quick wit. You're going to go on. Well, we will from time to time Michael. come back to uh, bearded updates from you. Fantastic. Regarding the beard, I mean. So I appreciate. I, I just signed up for uh, razors by mail. That was oh. my Father's Day gift this year. Wow. Is that I got razors by mail. I get that on Facebook. All those things. Same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he actually gets them delivered to his house. No, I just get you, the you, get it, <laughs> you get it delivered to your your address. Yeah. Yeah. So I've never yeah. tried it before. I'm gonna try the uh, the razors by mail because they're cheaper. They are than everything else. And uh, they're punny as well. It says it says their steel and it S T E E L and then our steel E A L steel of a deal. Get it? 
It's good. I, I got it. Uh, question though: <laughs> Have you tried these razors that come through the no, mail? No, I have no idea. So if you show up, at, you should probably try the new razors a week. You're not preaching yes. that. Yes. So we will have uh, no. We will have we we will have some more facial hair updates as 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 the weeks go by. Good. That's why people are here. We have uh, a, another guest around the table besides Kitch, who isn't here all the time, which is Matt Crocker. Hello. Hi, Matt. Matt, why are you at the table? <laughs> well, I'm at the table because I am learning from Jeremy. Jeremy's uh, here, too. Yeah, Hello. Jeremy's here, too. How to uh, produce the podcast. I will be Kyle's discipleship intern next year. So that's why I'm here. There's really no no real good reason for me to be here. There's a lot of new faces around the table right now. I'm, I'm kind of excited. I feel like the page is turning. Hmm. New chapter, all that kind of thing. It's good stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be a contributing factor for no. you guys. No. Well, our, this, we're, we're going to tell you right off the top, our expectations for you are not high. <laughs> Very low. That's good. So, like, the hurdle is really low. But so you, you see, probably clear it. All I have to do is, yeah, exactly. All I have to do is clear the hurdle, yeah. and then I look really good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aim low. That it, way you'll never I be disappointed. Made it easy for you. This time there you around. go. Yeah. But you're not even an intern yet. So no, exactly. The bar's low for interns, and you're a pre-intern. <laughs> I'm pre-intern. So says the former and, intern. Hey, yeah, yeah. know what? <laughs> and who's the producer right now, Jeremy? I am. So any problems that you have with a podcast on any level should go to Jeremy <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it yeah. has been good having you here, though, Jeremy. I don't know. Uh, are you you're not going to be here after this week? Next I'll be week? here one more. One week. more week. Yeah. So maybe we'll have a special. Uh, Moment with Jeremy next week and finish off his time. But it's been good having you. I mean Thanks. it. Kyle Meeker is also at the table today. Good to be here. Thanks, Kyle. And we're glad he's here even though he's late. Andrew Gulovich. Listen, I have, an, I have a good reason. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Nope. Okay. Now, people call you Gitch for what reason? We, this was all last episode. <laughs> you should listen to last week's oh, okay. podcast. Okay, so you were, you've already been here once. <laughs> yeah. So it goes back. To when I was five. You invited him back. You invited him back. 210. Episode 210, right? Or 209. Okay. 210. All right, enough of the waffle. We got a lot of questions to go through, guys. So here's the first question. Hi, podcasters. I've enjoyed reading the articles posted on the North Sea Read This, but I was wondering if the articles are chosen specifically to support the teaching and values of North or are they simply chosen to provoke thought? How about yes is the answer. <laughs> Good. Uh, yes and yes. Some of the articles, most of the articles, will be ones that we like and that different pastors think are good good things for you to read. Some of them, though, will be written by people that we don't agree with the whole 100% and, and you need to engage your critical faculties to, to read. So that tends to be the, the case. By the way, North, you read this is a really cool little doodad on our website instead of our blog you can actually uh, read uh, articles that are written by other people that pastors have been reading throughout the week or two weeks or whatever prior and so we post them on there and then people you can read them and, and comment some of the stuff most of the stuff that we do theologically on there is usually along the lines of what we would think although there would be some nuances in some of that yeah uh, and then, uh, but some of the stuff is written from all over the internet. I know that there is the occasional cat video <laughs> that makes it on there, and uh, I can't remember. I, I I tend to post goofy videos from time to time because they're awesome. 
Kyle, have you been posting anything on the Read This? Yeah, I've sent a few things, a few links on there. Do, do they ever make well, it on to Read This? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But sometimes I've never sent my, a cat video. Sometimes mine don't make it, and I'm trying to figure out why. I think they get filtered out. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> we have a Read This curator. We do. We have. He's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, though. We've never really seen him. <laughs> you know he's there. But you should make use of the reason. <laughs> not behind you, the curtain. If you're listening, uh, they're really they are really interesting articles, and uh, we I think you post a, a couple times a week. There are yeah. there are some articles you can go on there. You can read all sorts of good stuff. It'll ebb and flow a bit. There'll yeah. be times when it'll come out multiple times a week, and there'll be probably a week where you won't see one. So right, stay tuned. Mm. Here's another question. Hey, podcasters. Same questioner, by the way. Just to point out, just wanted to give this person a shout out. I'm not gonna tell their name, but. Here's the question. Okay. <laughs> I was reading Psalm 69 this morning. One of the things that stood out, as it does in many of the Psalms, is that David's praying against his enemies mm. to the extent of saying, let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous. And on the other hand, we've been made aware of prayers for those who have committed atrocities against Christians, like ISIS casualties being at the forefront of those prayers today. And these prayers will often call for the salvation of the perpetrators of the people in ISIS, which seems like the godly thing to do. But how do we make sense of the fact that David prays against his enemies and we pray for them? Right. So these are called the imprecatory psalms. And you're calling down a judgment upon, uh, upon people. So I, this has been it was a big debate, actually, on a website called Reformation 21, which you can go there and you can actually do a little search if you want to get on the internet and really want to chase this down. But there was a bit of a debate about whether or not we should pray the imprecatory psalms today. Against ISIS, in fact, was the, you know, because these are, these are the people that David, the kinds of people that David is talking about in many of his imprecatory psalms. Uh, the conclusion that they came to, which was one that I, I felt was pr pretty appropriate, was actually actually no, and largely because we're in the New Covenant. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about that. When I say New Covenant, it's because Christ has come, and so our posture toward our enemies is different now. We don't live in a theocracy, meaning that uh, the nation, of we're, we don't live in a, in, in a holy nation of political stripe that, the, that our... The, that God will judge, and so in the future, but we in the in the meantime seek uh, people's reconciliation, and we have expressed statements in the New Testament about that, right? Uh, Pray for those who persecute you, right? That mm -hmm. sort of thing. Whereas you don't have those sort of statements under the old covenant. But I'm happy to. It's a big. It is a, a relatively big debate. I do think the imprecatory psalms, though, are not obsolete, even even though I hold that. The imprecatory psalms, though, do show that God is going to judge, and that there is a just, there is a righteousness and a justice that we we want God to have in regards to these things. I don't know. You guys jump in. Yeah. Well, we're told to pray for our enemies now. There still is a sense that there is, there is justice that needs to happen, and there is justice that needs to occur. And just now, looking back at the cross, we can see that Christ paid for, ultimately paid for sin, um, and that the, the justice that all of us deserve as people who are rebels against God has been um, paid by Christ for anyone who, who will believe. So the, the, the impulse of justice is still there, but now we can look at Christ and see that he has satisfied that justice um, for us. So we pray for the people who are in ISIS or that, you know, cut us off, <laughs> you know, 
as we're driving, hmm. we pray for, and those are two radically different types of we injustices, would, we, but we pray for people to, 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 to know Christ. We would also warn them, though. Right. So we want to keep the sense that there is a, a judge that, that needs to be answered to, um, but that judge is answered to through Christ for all who will believe. Right. Right. But there is a day coming where that offer will be off the table. Right. And it'll only be judgment. It'll only be imprecatory. Hmm. Um, do you think that this is a problem? I'm looking at Kyle and Greg and, and Paul in particular. Uh, do you guys think that this is a problem uh, the, in, in Bible reading? That oftentimes we tend to read the Old Testament without running it through the grid of Christ. Hmm. That one of the questions that we ought to be asking. So for example, it's very common to come across passages of Scripture in the Old Testament that promise material blessings for those who give stuff. So if I, if I give money to God, my I'm thinking about Malachi 3, my barns will be overflowing and all these sorts of things. And these are lifted up by prosperity teachers to say, see, 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 the Bible promises you this, but we don't run that grid through the new covenant. So we're reading old covenant words, but we don't understand how Christ is the fulfillment of, of these words. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's common for us to read the Bible as a choose-your-own-adventure book. Where we just we, we wanna we'll read the story but we'll kind of read ourselves into it where we want to we'll we'll kind of fill in the parts that make us feel better about it in the sense that when we're reading the Old Testament I think in particular just because it seems so vague and confusing to a lot of people because we haven't spent a lot of time in it maybe and so we just kind of read through different passages and think well, I don't know I guess this applies to me he says I mm. I'm an I. So here's how I'm going to apply this, right? Right. And so, yeah, it does take a little bit of the work to try to run it through the grid, and yet there's also parts where where we can resonate with the psalmist right. appropriately in the in the I language. So it's not just a anywhere you see the word I can't actually be you. Right. It takes a little bit of work. To, to, to it does. I just think that you. I just think this is one of the real problems in the church today is that they, we come up with real wonky theologies because we don't understand the canon of Scripture and how Revelation has progressively been revealed, and that things that were spoken to Moses were spoken to Moses at a particular time mm-hmm. under God's particular administration with him that aren't necessarily, and I'm using the word necessarily there, but aren't necessarily straight across true for me, mm. right? That Christ fulfills a lot of that sort of thing and that mm. um, th- there is a difference between the way I live and what I'm, what I'm called to do and be mm. and what, what Moses was. This is, I mean, this is a problem too, and, and, uh, and because we're not very good at doing this, um, there are challenges that are brought against uh, Christians, especially I'm thinking about the same-sex uh, issues these days, when people will say, oh, but that law in Leviticus is, you know, you're not supposed to wear the same kinds of, you know, articles of clothing. Wool and flax can't be worn together, and that's totally obsolete. So should the prohibitions against homosexual activity. So because we haven't been very good at explaining why it is that uh, those prohibitions are reaffirmed, in fact, and picked up in places like First Corinthians six, but the wearing of two different garments is not because we haven't shown that that's a consistent way of reading the scriptures, and actually that the law of Christ doesn't affirm one of those, but it does affirm the other. That we, that we, we're kind of caught off guard now 
when somebody says that kind of stuff to us. And it would be helpful if Christians were able to think a, little, a lot more deeply about what the Bible says and how it says it and how it came to be and these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So what are some ways that, that people can do that to actually yeah, I think it's improve actually, themselves? Well, I think it, a lot of this is laid at the feet of preachers and teachers. That's mm-hmm. uh, Honestly, it's not surprising to me that mm-hmm. people have questions like this because people who preach and teach, like, like me, need to make it explicit and show people how, how Christ is the fulfillment of the promises, mm-hmm. how, how Christ is how the new covenant fits with the old. These are things that people took for granted in centuries past, Christians did, but we we don't teach about that kind of stuff now because it's not as uh, immediately applicational. Hmm. And so whenever I'm preaching a sermon, the feeling I have in my gut, or most preachers have in their gut, is, oh, I've got to give people something therapeutic in the moment, Hmm. as opposed to I need to actually form their minds a, a little bit in Christ. And so it's okay for me to spend 20 minutes about theology. And that's application enough. Or it's not great. No, it's good. Yeah, and it's looking at the Bible as God's grand story of redemption from Genesis all the way through Revelation. And how, like you're saying, Scripture interprets Scripture. Mm. So when we, if we just look at the Old Testament and we take things out, it's easy to take those out of context. But if you look at it in light of the New Testament, mm. uh, then you can see that... Um, or how these Old Testament passages are applicable to us mm-hmm. now, even though if you just look at it, if we, or if you take it out of context, um, you, can, you can kind of get off we, base. We call this a canonical context, yeah. that, that there is, there's the historical context, so, so the words are written to a certain group at a certain time, a cultural context, the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, right? And there's the literary context, which is like the words have meaning because the other words around it in a sentence actually determine the meaning for that word. Mm-hmm. But you also have in the Bible a canonical context, which is that something in the Old Testament uh, is not the final word, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that, that Christ is the final word, that there is a, and by that I don't mean, oh, he's, you know, he totally contradicts it. No, he's the fulfillment of those things. And so we need to think through, for example, how, how is it that Christ is, that, that we don't obligate God by giving money to him, that actually Christ has been given to us and so now the ball is very much in our court when it comes to when it comes to our money and giving. That's Paul's approach to it is like, okay, he was rich, became poor, so that you might become rich. So what's your response to that? As opposed to the law, which says, hey, if you do good things, you'll receive good things in response. Mm-hmm. The first one is Christian. This, the, the, the one prior is actually just Jewish. Right. Kyle, you want to chime in on that, or are you good? Kyle, um, you awake? Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Kyle? I, was just, I was just thinking, connecting the, the Psalm 69, um, Paul in Romans 15 places mm-hmm. Christ in Psalm 69. Um, and Romans 15, 3, mm-hmm. says, For Christ did not please himself, but it is written, The reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So Paul is placing Christ back in Psalm 69. We had that question earlier. Mm-hmm. And then can, Paul continues, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through mm. endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope so we don't want to dismiss the old testament saying oh that's old story we have the new story we don't need to think about it we want to really dive into the old testament because it's written for our instruction it's we need to do it um uh with with christ um in, in the forefront as we look at the old testament mm. it's great i have another question here from a different listener this time 
Uh, I'm going to kind of take what they wrote and turn into a little bit of a different question. But the, uh, the idea that I think would be interesting to discuss is that recently in the news, both local and more um, global, but not global in the States, um, fl flags have had... Global, but not anywhere but here. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I don't... What do you... International? Well, that's no, a better Canada, word. No, totally. Canada's its own planet. No, that's, that's, that's what I not think. what I meant. Well, like, you, I'm talking about... I'm talking about local <laughs> Abbotsford. Okay, that's a planet? Or is that not a planet? <laughs> no, this is a planet. Okay. And then... Then there's outside other, of Abbotsford, that's another global. There's another galaxy that matters, but less. <laughs> so here's... Okay. There's flag news locally in Abbotsford. And there's also flag news internationally in the States. There's the word. <laughs> See, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, so the, the flag news is that the, the Abbotsford uh, government has decided to uh, fly the, the gay pride flag. Over City Hall. Over City Hall. That's the local piece. Yep. The international piece is that in Charleston, the debate over um, flying the Confederate flag mm -hmm. In the state, should that happen or not? I think that debate's happening like right now, as we speak mm -hmm. on Carolina. this podcast in South mm -hmm. Carolina. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of retailers, fun fact, have actually now removed the sale, removed the Confederate flag as like regular merchandise right. in their stores. Walmart, so, because it offends mm -hmm. so the, the question, segment of the population, this is the mm -hmm. important piece, right? The mm -hmm. Confederate yeah. flag yeah. has meaning for a certain segment of the population and is viewed positively by them. Mm -hmm. But it's viewed negatively by another group in the population, and therefore, because it's viewed negatively by one group in the population, it should be uh, done away with. We shouldn't have it on those things because it stands for those people of racism, which is sinful. Right? I'm I'm saying that because I'm setting up the comparison mm -hmm. that flying the flag. So we have this flag though that's here. That one segment of the population here in Abbotsford, one segment of the population would affirm, and another segment of the population would say, uh, "No, it stands for something sinful." And yet, the approach here is the opposite to the approach in South Carolina. And the only the difference is the gay pride flag is uh, has some political capital. It's it's uh, PC, whereas in South Carolina, it's not PC. And yet, I'm str I mean, I've struggled to see the difference, to be honest. If you're not going to fly at one place, don't fly at the other place. If you're going to fly, fly them both, fly them both. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I, I might be broad brushing that too, too much, and somebody might want to bring a nuance to, to that. But it's an interesting discussion to have. Because that's the question. That somebody asked me the other day what I thought about the fact that they were flying the gay, gay uh, pride flag above Abbotsford. And my first initial response was, ah, you know, secular governments fly all sorts of flags I don't agree with. <laughs> so, like, what, I, whatever. It's not whatever. H however, I do think it's an interesting comparison. And in God's providence, these things are happening at the same time. So mm -hmm. I think it's appropriate for us to compare how inconsistent we tend to be when it comes to these things. That we, In other words, we, we want to have, uh, we, we want to endorse the viewpoints that are popular at the moment. And the ones that are not, we want to silence. And I want to ask, is that real tolerance? Because believe me, I don't. I think the Confederate flag is ridiculous and, and dumb. And I lived in the south of the United States for a while, and it's just. Stupid. But it was on the General Lee. Yeah, I just look. I just think hazard. it's. I do. I think it's stupid. And I and like some of my dearest friends in the world are, are, are 
have have been continue to be black people and they find that offensive to them mm-hmm. I don't have that history with it but I think you know what if it offends them don't do it mm-hmm. but then I'm going to also say there are a lot of Christians who find the gay pride flag offensive so why shove it down their throats over the city hall why not just what's wrong with the Canadian flag I don't I don't understand that but it seems to me you should do both either do neither or do both whatever tolerant would be to do neither or both whatever probably both you'd fly both that would be tolerant right yeah or or even fly any flag like in in Abbotsford over city hall if somebody comes and asks I want this flag flown in their uh, of a particular uh, population why not fly their flag as well like there's no difference between flying their flag or anyone else's flag and I think that Especially with the pride flag, it's just a way to gain political favor. Sure, mm. it's not a way. It's but I I, I want to respond to that and say mm. you know what, so okay yeah, that's what politicians do. They yeah. want to gain political favor, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I'm not surprised that in the slightest mm-hmm. that a secular government has chosen to fly a flag that embraces their secular values. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, though. What I find interesting is in the states the, the, that both of these issues are moral, right? From my point of view, they are. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so homosexual sex is moral, which is what I'm supposed to be saying about pride. That's what I mean. That's what it's about in the yeah. end of the day. Uh, and racism is a moral issue to me. Both are immoral, from from my point of view as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard. You thrust it as a Christian. You're thrust into this situation where you expect your local governments to reflect your values. And then you're shocked when they don't, but even though they're secular. So let's not be shocked about it, I think yeah. is what I kind of want to say to people. Don't be shocked. Uh, this is what the Word of God says that we'll face. Uh, if you lived in somewhere like uh, Thailand or Laos today, they'd fly flags that you didn't like either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's not be shocked about it. But at the same time, I do think that we have a role to play in the wider cultural discussion to try to cry foul yeah. in these things. Like I'll add another piece to this. Uh, this not has to do with the flags. I mean, the fact that Rachel Dolezal uh, mm-hmm. is is the the woman who is lives in Spokane, mm-hmm. who claims to be black, even though she's genetically not black, mm-hmm. and uh, transracialism is is the mm-hmm. new language that's being used to talk about this. I think it's absolutely appropriate for Christians to point out, uh, to cry foul and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Now you got, a lot of people are embracing <laughs> transracialism, or are saying, "No, no, it's awful for her." to be transracial, mm-hmm. to be ignoring what she clearly is, is, which is a white woman. While at the same time saying Caitlyn Jenner is okay, it's okay if she's a, if, if Bruce Jenner becomes a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's, you gotta go with both or neither. Yeah. If, you, if you locate yeah. um, the, the highest value in what an individual says about themselves and what they think about themselves, um, irregardless of what community or family or friends, how they might, you know, uh, factor into that equation, but if the the individual is the 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 one, um, the one thing you can't challenge, then the the woman who says that she's African American when she's not, mm-hmm. then how are you going to question that? If you say that the one thing, the most important thing, is what an, what mm-hmm. a person says about themselves and right. think about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So the the culture has some inconsistencies. Oh, in and this values, and, and they view they know it, yeah, and they're struggling with it at this point. Mm-hmm. But again, this is this is. I think the posture that Christians are going to have to take in the West in going forward is we are going to have to be the, uh, and I use this word lightly, oppressed, meaning that your, your views are not welcome in the public square. Hmm. 
we are the oppressed minority who should probably be a, a pebble in the shoe mm-hmm. of the culture at large, saying, uh, boy, that's inconsistent. Uh, oh, look at all these problems that are caused by these decisions you guys have made. You know, if you chose to actually honor God, those wouldn't be happening. Yeah. We should be, that. I think that's going to have to be the case, which will, of course, end up making people not be super happy with us. But at the same point, I think we have a responsibility in our love for our neighbors to show that the outcome of their worldview is not human flourishing, but quite the opposite. And you have to be ready to face persecution yep. in that sense. Like, there's no, even on social media, as soon as, like, I don't know how many times you've seen the article for the uh, gay pride flag flown, and if you make a comment and say, I agree with, or I disagree with that, uh, you know, you'll face 10, 13 comments of people berating you. Mm. And likewise, right. But right? this is, I think this is what I'm trying to say, though, is that in, I think it's delightful, in God's delightful providence, mm. he has placed side by side with Caitlyn Jenner, Rachel Dolezal, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and side by side with the a flag locally, the Confederate flag in the States. I just, I find it wonderfully providential mm-hmm. yeah. that the Lord has yeah. done this. So you have to be savvy mm-hmm. in the way that we interact with people on social media and others. Instead of being accusatory and saying, well, I don't like that. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the approach probably should be more of a question. Mm. So would be, we'd be all okay then if a Confederate flag was flown above Abbotsford City Hall or a Nazi flag. Well, certainly not. So, oh, yeah, yeah or, a, or back in the 1960s or whatever, uh, 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 a mm. Soviet flag. So, again, and if the answer is, well, of course not, uh, why not? Yeah. So you, going forward for Christians, you're, you're proposing this role of, of, Pebble in the shoe. of, of allowing ourselves to, to come to grips with the fact that mm. we're no longer the majority, that oh, yeah. get to set the rules. Uh, the day of us feeling like if we just rally together and get enough signatures on the petition, then we'll Change, transform the culture. Right. But rather, we 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 play the role of a the annoying little I think brother it's, who asks questions th- about how do those two things make sense. Together. Well, I think it's time to play the prophet more than the priest. Is that an okay way of saying that? We are we are not. We don't play the priest in the culture anymore. Well, the mm-hmm. priest in the culture is when everybody comes to you and asks your opinion, and you're the you're the mm-hmm. pathway to their marrying and burying, and mm-hmm. all the important rituals of the culture go through you. That was what it was. Uh, we are not that now. We are weird and do our own thing. We're weird at best, immoral at worst. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think though our role needs to probably be uh, that, that cultural engagement now is going to have to look more prophetic, mm-hmm. where you actually are saying uh, that that doesn't work, that what you're doing there is going to be harmful. Yeah, that's what I mean by prophetic. Yeah, and the, and the read this from June 15th, there's actually an article about um, stage two exiles. Yes, it's great. That's um, really well thought through and just thinking about our interaction as, as followers of Christ in a society that increasingly thinks we're weird and odd and strange and... Mm-hmm. Even worse sometimes. You're weird and odd and strange. Well, I'm, and I, I like to call it quirky. Okay. That's, that's valid. Quirky. You know what I really want to do, though, is I want to identify mm-hmm. as a 55-year-old male and go into Denny's and take part in the seniors discount. Is that not valid? 
Well, it would be it would be consistent with what people are saying about gender these days. Yes. Seems to be. But 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 there, Do you feel 55? because there are objective, I would identify. Yeah, you identify, there are objective what, realities. What within your soul makes you feel and identify fifty five? I hang out with you. <laughs> wow. Ah, <laughs> uh, gitch. No, there are objective realities that would say otherwise. In the same way, there are objective realities to say Caitlyn Jenner is not mm -hmm. Caitlyn but Bruce. Mm -hmm. That you're denying. Yeah. It's a it's a crazy new world, man. Whatever you feel like is what what's true about the world, mm -hmm. and there's no there is no objective truth outside of you, and it's going to if if we follow that line, it's going to uh, break everything, mm. like everything, yeah, mm. from mm. what bathrooms you get to use to uh, to to whether or not you get a scholarship for sports, what to whether or not uh, there's actually a fighter. Uh, in MMA, a transgendered fighter in MMA, mm -hmm. who I wrote an article about uh, that a woman just fought this transgendered fighter. Have you guys read this? Did you read about this? Okay, so this this transgender fighter, it's a guy. Like he has a Y chromosome. Yes. Okay. It's a guy. Yeah. Transgender. A guy fighting now as a woman. Yes. Okay. So he, and the, the women, the women, and the woman who I read about in MMA, who was like undefeated prior to going into the ring with this transgendered individual, mm -hmm. got in the ring and just talked about how she was just flat overpowered. Mm. Like the grip, the ability, the strength, the like, it's not a fair fight that I have never, she said, I've never in my life felt more puny. Mm. Mm. She was undefeated. And, and she said, I, I could work out all these years. I've, I've never lost to anyone and I could work out all these years and I would never reach the point where I have that kind of strength. So what do you do there now? Because what are you going to do? You're going to say the transgendered fighter can't fight as a woman when she recognizes herself as one, even though she doesn't you know, objectively see herself as one. Anyway, pretty crazy. So it's going to break everything. And even that, the culture will scream if, as soon as you say you know, that... Um, a male will be stronger in the ring than a female. Even our general culture will say, no, that's not the case. We, should, we shouldn't make judgments like that. They have just as much capability. But as the article points out, you know, it's, it's a different story. You yeah. know, like there are objective standards and we have yeah. to accept those. Yes, well, we don't like accepting things that are given to us from outside, do we? <laughs> Kyle, I, I, I want you to know that I see you as a, uh, as a Labrador retriever. Hey, throw something and I'll fetch it. Especially if it's a balloon. <laughs> really? Balloons are big for lambs? I don't know. Okay. My daughter loves balloons. Okay. And she'll bat them around. She's like a little kitten. Hmm. But what did that... eats a lot more. Where did the balloon get into this? I don't know. You, you, threw, don't know, you, you, you threw it you, to Kyle. You, you, you transformed me to a Labrador. And then you chased the balloon because your daughter likes the balloons? <laughs> yeah, they're great. Oh. Hey, one more one You know more what else question. is great? Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> we got one more question to uh, to tackle, and this is a, a question that has to do with um, the origins of cults and how we how we engage those. This is a legitimate question from someone who has a friend who has left a cult recently. Who their critique of Christianity was that just like all these other cults have massive information passed down through q 
caves. Christianity has that as well with Moses being in the cleft of the rock. And so Christianity is just like all these other cults. Because it started in a cave. So, well, it didn't start. Moses was in a cave. Yeah. Kyle, what say you? So the, the well, question actually, is asking... Well, actually, I, I think this is... I'm really intrigued because I have some thoughts about this, actually, that I'm wondering <laughs> yeah, if, if they go along with the, with the question. But yeah. I want to hear the question first. No, that that's my summary of the question. Oh. Um, is how, how do we understand the origins of a cult in comparison to similar kinds of stories that we seem to have in Scripture? Where, you know, there's some cults that have started because revelation was given to them in the midst of a cave and they're the only ones who have it they brought it back to people and said this is what i learned from god and yet in the bible we have something very similar where it's just moses and the cleft of the rock god reveals himself to him in a unique way moses has to come down pass it on to people the question is how is that any different this is i think a great question and to make it even more of a question maybe apply it differently um both islam and uh, mormonism started basically in caves in special revelation and and, and individual people saying that they had the divine communicate specific things to them that was a corrective to the way that religion was happening in their, their current culture. So we're removing so, the question from the cave issue so, to, to, the, to the divine revelation being claimed. So I, I think that that's important because the fact that these things happened in caves or were purported to happen in caves is immaterial. Right, the cave right, isn't right. as important, in my way of thinking about the comparison, is the fact that individuals have right. so, claimed specific revelation right. from so that's, God. But that's, so, that's my point, though. So yeah. we're, we, I just want to make it clear that we are, we are not... We we're are out saying, of the cave now? We are saying <laughs> that the caves are... are it, whatever, it's inconsequential. Whether they have in the cave, there's nowhere in the Bible that says cults will come from caves. Right, so caves aren't evil. Right, right. So, so, but what we're the 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 nub of the question that you you're pointing out that has a lot of validity and is a really good question is, why is it that we say Joseph Smith's wrong mm -hmm. when he receives the angel Moroni visiting him in upstate New York? We believe that Muhammad is wrong when he's up there in the in the caves because uh, he doesn't have to work because his wife's rich, like he's up there and he gets all this revelation up in the caves and and and. Jesus or the Old Testament characters or Moses in this case in the cleft rock sees God, but we believe him. Right. So we have claims of religious experience and those claims of experience have implications on really the whole universe and, and life itself. So these are claims that should be tested and should be evaluated. And the main point of testing and evaluation I think, especially as a, as a Christian, is how, um, how does Jesus fit into this? Or what do they say about Christ in the midst of these different revelations? Right. So we want to compare these, because they're truth claims about life and about reality. We want to compare those, train, those claims to life and reality. And as we do that, we want to see especially how they, how they talk about Jesus. Right. Would we also want to add... Uh, to say, because we're dealing with the question of what makes Christianity more believable than the other religious traditions, I would want to add coherence as one of the tests as well. That it has to be internally coherent, mm -hmm. right? It has to match up and not not contradict it at, at significant points. Yeah. So I was talking about external objectivity right. or comparison with life and reality, and you're talking about internal coherence and 
Well, I'm not saying um, internal how I feel about it. I'm no, no, internal about, in, in, the, as a system, the logic or as an ideology, of the thing as itself, a, yeah. as a religion, right, it has to be coherent. So there's one piece. I also think, like as you said, that ultimately, I think I can demonstrate uh, without even claiming. I think a, a lot, a lot. I, I think I can demonstrate that the best case can be made that Jesus rose from the dead. Right, historically, that's that historically that's a the very best good case to best make. case for that. And so I'm going to start there, and I'm going to start saying that 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 sets him apart in a unique way. And so what other religions say about Jesus, yeah, that becomes the standard by which I'm going to judge them. Right. No, any other tests? Um, uh, internal consistency, external very, very um, verification. Um, yeah, I think there's, you have to look at these uh, not as individual questions or issues, but you have to look at cumulative cases. So I think Christianity provides the best cumulative case for making sense of all reality, making sense right. of so you, but the you, moral law within, the starry heavens above, you know, all these different things. Okay, so Christianity okay, yeah. makes the best case cumulative, cumulatively. So both of those are objective things, uh, outside of me things. Uh, is there any evidence, like, will you appeal to the internal testimony? Yeah, I think Paul does. As you well? Know, the Spirit mm -hmm. in Romans 8. Paul says the Spirit testifies to my spirit that I'm a child of God. Right. So there is, there is an internal subjectivity. But the question of the cave says, well, all these people claim right. internal subjectivity. So how do you, how do you determine which internal subjectivity is the right one? Right. Well, because they're all claiming. Well, so, the so same there's type of there's real and counterfeit different. is what you're saying. Right. Very internal subjectivity uh, implications to right. meaningful. So everyone. But if I ask meaningful experiences, it's just a matter of whether that's that matches with right. reality around us. But if I asked most Christians about this sort of thing, I'm assuming that the, you know, you ask me now, I know he lives, he lives where? Within my heart. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that they're not making judgments about what they believe by external things. They're making them internally. Right. Like, so it's not a surprise to me, for example, that Mormonism grew up in the United States, which is in a, in a context, quite honestly, in the late 1800s, I think. Wasn't that when Mormonism start going, got mm -hmm. going? Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. mid late 1800s. It's not. It doesn't surprise me that it, it happened in, in an area. It's called the Burnover District now, in upstate New York. That's where you're from, right, Kyle? Yeah, I grew up there. Yeah, it's it's a fun place. So, but it's not surprising me. It happened to a place that had already been kind of hit with mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. second great great awakening. Hey, uh, feel it in your heart, and God will give you testimony that way that he's he's speaking the truth. Well, Joseph Smith did precisely that. Mm -hmm. uh, it just so happens though that his you know his the if you if you apply certain um, uh, measures to try to judge the truthfulness of what he had to say that have to do with objective things like for example uh, his book the Book of Mormon claims that mm -hmm. uh, all of the Native Americans throughout the United States have Jewish blood because they came from there that that's how it was populated yeah they yeah. were populated mm -hmm. by that we can show by DNA that it's not true it's not we can also do by linguistics mm -hmm. we can show that so. So here's an objective standard that we place on it and say it doesn't make sense. But a moral would say, we well, hit. there's lots of parts of the Amazon that have yet to be yeah. um, explored. Yeah. So yeah, so we want to, we want to. Mm -hmm. It's not just a one question and one issue kind of thing. We want it's a cumulative case. We want to look at all these different, and we want to be able to say we want both the external objective married to the internal subjective because right. we're whole people. We have external. We can sense the external reality around us. 
but we also have an internal reality of, of our own consciousness and our own soul and our but own But the mind. difficulty in all of this, quite honestly, I'm, I'm relating this back to our discussion about Caitlyn Jenner and, and the art. Uh, the problem is that our whole culture is telling us to find truth within and to, to, you can define reality by how you feel about stuff. You can define the truthfulness of your religion by how you feel about it. You can define the truthfulness of your gender, the truthfulness of your age, get the truth, whatever, just by how you feel about it. And that is, it's really hard for you to come along then and say, actually, mm-hmm. how you feel about it is kind of immaterial because lots of people feel lots of different yeah. ways. There, is an object, there are objective standards by which we can judge these things. And as Christians, I think we need to be people who, who recognize that Christianity is not liberalism. Liberalism is the belief that Jesus is in your heart. It doesn't matter if he rose from the dead or not. He just, you feel him. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not, we don't believe in Christian liberalism. We believe in Christianity, orthodox kind, which mm-hmm. means that we believe in it because Jesus actually rose from the dead. It's a historical fact. Mm. Amen. Mm. And that changes everything. That he rose from the dead. Right. Because that changes everything because he conquered sin and death that's right that's and good news you've been reading your bible good yeah and all right <laughs> gentlemen thank you for uh your time and for your insights on can all i just make questions. a quick comment though you can do whatever uh, you want man gitch gitch <laughs> came to the table today i want i just want to say this and what you you people of course are just listening you can't see it he decided that he would spend the last while cleaning his phone not his phone. Oh, hey now. First he cleaned my phone. So he's just Unprovoked, been provoked. He's just been grabbing people's phones, taking them out of their cases and just cleaning assembling the case and cleaning them off while we're doing it. Is this the kind of thing that we are going to expect from you in the future when you're here at the podcast? This is a servant heart I have that's coming out. Right. So though so it seems I, listen, I, I just want to know, so I'm going to bring other electronics with me, and you will take care of cleaning them while we're doing this. I will. Okay. It's that's servant heart, not OCD. Anyone out there who'd like to have their phones cleaned, you can bring them by the podcast. We do it at 11 o'clock and on Tuesday mornings. And gratuities are very much accepted. Bills of all colors, coins of all sizes, preferably the dual metallic ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you follow? Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, guys, for all your comments. If you have a question you want the extra crew to answer, we'll try to tackle anything you send in. And you can send those in to extra at northsea.org. And until next time, we hope we'll see you at Virtual Meeting.